Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 11 of Drink the Movies podcast. I'm Brian, here as always with Michaela. Michaela, how's it going? How was your week? Week was great. Week was great. Some very exciting stuff happened. We got some Golden Globe nominations going on. So that was, mm-hmm. that's very cool. Looking forward to, uh, to seeing some of these. Yeah. You've Anything, seen uh, quite a few actually already, I think. Yeah, I've been, uh, been doing pretty good keeping up on kind of Oscar and Golden Globe pre-picks and things. So I'm, I'm off to a pretty good start. I don't know if I'll be able to make, make it through everything by the end of the month here, but um, I'm off to a pretty good start. Anything on there uh, stand out to you or anything you're really looking forward to seeing you haven't seen yet or? Um, I'm excited about News of the World because I'm a big Tom Hanks fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really want to see The Trial of the Chicago 7, which I think you have seen. So mm-hmm. yep. um, yeah, yeah, that one's on Netflix. Really good. Yeah. And then Nomadland, which I don't think is out yet, but it's getting a lot of buzz. I love Frances McDormand. Mm-hmm. Um, everything she touches, I think, is is cinematic gold. So that one's pretty much tops on, you know, every kind of list I've seen. But I think it comes out on the 14th, I think, on Valentine's Day. So, ah, cool. So there you go. Uh, date night for uh, for you guys. Sounds good. Yeah. What about you? How was your week? You do anything fun? Um, it was good. And I did. Um, I got into another film that's uh, nominated here for Golden Globe for uh, Best Supporting Actor for Bill Murray. Uh, we watched On the Rocks, which is on the Apple TV Plus, Apple Plus, whatever, whatever that one's called. And it has uh, Rashida Jones and Bill Murray, and it's directed by Sofia Coppola. Um, it was it was pretty good. Um, if you have the Apple streaming service, I'd recommend checking it out just because it's it's on there and the act, the acting is good. Bill Murray's good in it. So uh, worth checking out. Wasn't my favorite of the of the films I've been watching recently, but uh, it definitely had kind of that, you know, Sofia Coppola feel. So it felt, you know, very similar kind of to, you know, Lost in Translation and things kind of very uh, nuanced and, you know, kind of a, a slow burner. So. Yeah. She really loves to partner with Bill Murray. They've done a few things together. Mm. Um, I wonder if he had, if he had been picked to do, anything in the Virgin Suicides, which I think was her directorial debut. Mm-hmm. Um, if that would have changed the tone of that film, that was a very hot and cold film for people. People mm-hmm. either really thought it was amazing and special or people did not get it and just didn't enjoy it at all. Um, right. Right. And he was not in it. Kathleen Turner was, which is one of, one of her last films, I think that she's, uh, that she was active in. So, um, but I'm excited about, about Sofia Coppola because I think she's brilliant so I will be checking that out yeah I give that one a watch so uh but yeah I watched that um didn't get up to too much else this week you know just kind of you know getting the house shaped up for uh springtime here if it ever comes and uh now I think I'm ready to uh talk about a movie and uh have a drink what do you think well I have to say it's been a rough week and I will not be defeated by a bad man and an American stick insect instead I choose vodka and Shaka Khan. Yeah, there you go. You should always choose vodka and Shaka Khan. So why don't we, uh, why don't we go make up a drink that will, uh, you know, hearken uh, Bridget Jones in her diary, um, something she'll definitely approve of. So I'm going to take a quick break. We'll uh, mix one of those up and we'll be right back to talk about it. Sounds good. 
This week's recipe comes to us from the website Dine Dream Discover, and we're going to link that to our website and in our show notes. They call this drink a raspberry cider Chardonnay cocktail, which sounds very fancy. And it's basically most of the ingredients that you need in the recipe in the title. So uh, that's always helpful. Uh, if you're familiar with Bridget Jones, you know that she's a fan of Chardonnay and vodka, lots mm. and lots of vodka, lots of a alcohol whole, units. A whole bottle of absolute vodka, I believe. <laughs> that's right. As we'll uh, talk about. <laughs> that's right. And so uh, we were actually looking for a cocktail that she would have loved because, you know, just doing Chardonnay or vodka is just not enough for us. So we uh, we feel like we found a pretty good one here. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I was excited to try it. It is half an ounce of triple sec. We mm -hmm. used Harlequin. Yep, um, it's, that one's, uh, it, that's similar to uh, Cointreau. So it's like an orange liqueur with uh, cognac. Yeah, I'd actually never had that before. So that was really, uh, the bottle's actually quite beautiful and it was nice. It was a nice change. Mm -hmm. Um, and we did an ounce of vodka. We had Tito's, but, uh, if you want to go true Bridget Jones style, uh, as you say, she has a whole bottle of the absolute. absolute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, two ounces of Chardonnay. We picked a French Chardonnay because she's English and probably would be using something <laughs> like that rather than something from mm -hmm. California. Yeah. If you're, um, if you're going to make a cocktail with uh, Chardonnay, I think going with something from France is better than an American one, just because it's going to be less buttery and less oaky. So it's not going to be quite as intrusive in uh, the rest of the cocktail ingredients. Makes sense. And I'm going to butcher the name, but I, this one was a uh, Joseph Druin. I believe mm -hmm. it was the, was the bottle that we got and we used. Yep. yep. And then we had a 1911 raspberry or sorry, apple raspberry cider that we used. And we're going to use three ounces of that. Mm -hmm. um, I think in the original recipe, uh, the cider was going to be more pink. Ours was clear. And so it didn't have uh, kind of the pink hue that you would see if you actually go to dinedreamdiscover.com and look at um, mm -hmm. the pictures, but it was very tasty. I think the flavor profile was still there for us. We just didn't have, yeah, it just didn't have quite the same color. Yeah. Cause right. we were looking at it when we were looking up the recipes and we, uh, kind of saw that one and it, you know, it's really pretty on the website and things. So we're like, Oh, let's, let's do that one. That one sounds good. The ingredients were all right. But yeah, our, our cider was just more apple cider colored. It wasn't quite as, as red yeah. as some. So your mileage may vary depending on, on what, uh, what cider you end up using. Right. Um, and then we used a sprig of rosemary and some raspberries for garnish and of course some ice. So you're going to put everything except the garnishes in a shaker and you're going to shake it up and then serve it over ice. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And be careful when you're shaking it up um, because the uh, cider is going to uh, do a little foaming in your shaker tin. You, you probably would be fine if you just poured those into the glass and gave it a stir over the ice. Uh, to be honest, and that would, that would uh, save you a little bit of mess like uh, yeah. <laughs> like we had. But but yeah, you just serve it over ice. You kind of stick that uh, rosemary down in there. So it looks like a like a little tree sticking out and we had some raspberries in there. So uh, it was a very lovely uh, drink, I thought. Uh, what did you think about it, Michaela? I know uh, I know these uh, ingredients are kind of right up your alley. So Yeah, they are. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was delicious. And one of the things about Bridget Jones's diary is it starts in the winter and it ends in the winter because it goes over mm -hmm. like a course of a year. So a lot of people see it as kind of a Christmassy film or a winter film. And mm -hmm. I totally agree. I think 
it looks like a Christmassy drink because it's really got that beautiful sprig of rosemary and it's got the right. red of the berries, but it's very refreshing. So I would probably do this poolside or I'd take this out to the lake or, you know, something um, if I was out uh, somewhere that had a really nice deck and it was warm, I found mm -hmm. it really refreshing, but it's also very uh, Christmassy, if that makes any sense. Um, right. It's a four season drink, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's a drink for all seasons, like Bridget yeah. Jones. Yeah. I was expecting it to be a little heavier. I think kind of the adding the Chardonnay in there, it kind of doesn't like thin it out, but it makes it a little bit more, more crisp and a little bit more of uh, kind of lends itself more to the, uh, the warm weather. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, um, sure. It was, it was really good. Um, I liked it quite a bit more than I thought that I would. I don't generally like kind of wine based cocktails. Um, but this one, yeah, this one was really good. It, uh, I went down uh, real nice, as they say, <laughs> when, we, when we made it. So uh, Bridget, in her diary, she uh, she swore off alcohol, but do you think she would have uh, given up her resolutions to uh, to have one of these? Yeah, considering day one, she was smoking like a chimney and drinking like a fish. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I do think she would have really liked this. Um, I do, especially if she was doing some karaoke, which she does. Uh, at least there's at least one flashback of her karaoke in the film. It's a good party drink. Like it's, it's a fun, um, yeah. and it's definitely probably better than just shooting vodka, which she does plenty of as well. So a little bit more sophisticated for sure. Well, now we've got our, we've got our, uh, drink made our raspberry cider Chardonnay cocktail, which is quite the mouthful of a name there. Uh, we've got those made up. Why don't we uh, take a quick break and we'll come right back and talk about Bridget Jones's diary. Spoiler warning for Bridget Jones's diary. If you've not yet watched Bridget Jones, stop this, go grab some Chardonnay, some vodka, mix up a cocktail, watch Bridget Jones's diary, and then come back and we can chat about it. So Bridget Jones's diary came out in April of 2001. It was directed by Sharon McGuire and it stars Renee Zellweger, Hugh Grant, and Colin Firth. Um, and it was nominated for one Academy Award. Renee Zellweger was uh, nominated for uh, Best Actress in a Lead Role. Um, she did not win. Holly Berry won that year for Monsters Ball. Yes, she did. I was sad because I really loved Renee Zellweger. This, I think this is probably actually her best, more nu most nuanced performance. She did win, I think, a couple of years later with Cold Mountain. Um, mm -hmm. But that was for a supporting role. And... Um, but this really solidified uh, Renee Zellweger for me as a serious actress. She'd done a couple of other things before, but I really enjoyed her um, her character and the way she kind of made it very nuanced. And it's tough because she had to gain some weight for it. She had to, you know, uh, really master kind of the London uh, dialect. Yeah, because you know, the, she is she is not uh, British. She was born in Texas, so. She was, uh, she, she was born in Katy, I think, which is... She, uh, she pulls off the uh, English accent very well in the film. And, and I know um, from reading, it sounded like there was uh, a lot of skepticism when they uh, cast her for the role. Yeah, yeah. Much like I think there was when uh, she was uh, put in Judy Garland's role, right? When she played and portrayed Judy Garland, people thought that it was either going to be amazing or awful. And mm -hmm. um, she once again won a leading leading actress for that, so... Yep. Yep. But this was her first nomination, I believe, right? Yeah, this was her first nomination and it was the uh the first of I guess a Bridget Jones trilogy. So there's uh uh this one here Bridget Jones's Diary and then uh Bridget Jones uh The Edge of Reason and then Bridget Jones's uh Baby. 
So you get yes. the you get the whole trifecta of uh, Bridget Jones there. Yes. I personally don't watch, uh, I have not watched the third one because I did not uh, particularly enjoy the second one. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, there's only one Bridget Jones. Only one Bridget Jones. <laughs> now, I, only one. I, al- I also have not seen the, um, the second or third film. So if anyone listening, if you uh, have strong feelings about the second or third film or think we should check it out, please let us know. Yes. Okay. Well, we just get right into the movie it, it kind of opens up and it starts uh you know going at a, a thousand miles an hour kind of right out the gate it it starts with the with a voiceover and uh Burgess riding uh in a car and she's saying it all began on new year's day of my 32nd year um lets you know she's on her way to her parents house for a uh turkey curry buffet which sounds pretty delicious so i will say right. yeah it was new year's day i think it was new year's um uh, I'd love to say that turkey curry buffets are a tradition in England, but I uh, have never been to one, but it did look uh, look delicious. Um, she is 32 and single, and so her mom is on high alert trying to get her a boyfriend of some kind. And so, of course, when she shows up, her mom, uh, you know, still treats her like a child and she's, mm-hmm. you know, she's put an outfit on her bed for her. Um, and of course, it's awful. It, it's looks you know like she's wearing a carpet mm-hmm. and uh you know but everybody's kind of all the family friends are there and they're around uh and there's like this weird uncle jeffrey who's like this not even her uncle but she calls him that and he's always like trying to touch her butt it's weird but he's yeah. always asking about her love life and she's you know this is her 32nd year of singledom so she's just uh kind of going through the motions yeah her mom you know tells her uh she's single and you know kind of a typical you know over overbearing mother you know this this man here is here uh mark you remember mark he's he's divorced now so gonna right. gonna go over and uh you know take him over you know some appetizers from the party and you know uh chat with mark a little bit so right and bridget's not excited about this until she sees the back of mark Darcy and she's like oh he looks pretty good and then he turns mm-hmm. around and he's wearing this awful jumper um, which is an English word for sweater and it's mm-hmm. got this reindeer on it and it looks awful and um, he's kind of very like a stick in the mud she's trying to be funny and she's very um, you know it's New Year's Day and so she's like oh you know I wish I had my head in the toilet like most normal people today like I'm totally right. hung over and and he's like right yeah, yeah, he's not he's not interested at all in anything she has to say. Yes, yeah, kind of kind of rubs her the wrong way now. So uh, Mark is played by Colin Firth, and they both they both are kind of awkward, but they're awkward in their own ways. Uh, he's more of a more of a quiet awkward, and she's more of a a loud awkward. So as yes. she's being loud, she it makes her very kind of self conscious about how awkward she's being, and that really kind of kind of rubs her the wrong way. So. Like you said, yeah, she sees him from behind and she's like, oh, maybe mom made a good good call this time. But but no, sees, uh, the, no. sees the sweater, no dice. So No dice. Well, and then she, you know, she's talking to him about how she wants to drink less and smoke less and uh, keep her resolutions actually because she's holding a cocktail and a cigarette while she's saying mm-hmm. this. And he's really kind of like, oh, well, maybe we should just eat, you know? And she can overhear him talking to his mother uh, while they're kind of going down the turkey curry buffet. And he says, you know, I'm absolutely not interested in this girl. She drinks like a fish. She smokes like a chimney and she dresses like her mother. And Mm -hmm. and 
in the movie, she sees this and she plays it off. She's like, oh, I love turkey curry and it's fine. But she says that that was the moment where she knew something drastically had to change if she was not going to end up, you know, alone and, you know, being eaten by wild dogs. Yep, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So yeah, she ends up, you know, back at her, back at her house and she's uh, making the first entry in her uh, diary and Bridget Jones's diary writing down her resolutions for the year. So she's going to uh, try to drink less, to smoke less, to stop talking total nonsense to strangers. And then she's, and then she's not going to date guys, you know, who are, you know, who are womanizers, who are, you know, immature and selfish. You know, she's going to date a, a nice guy now. That's, yes, she's that's her, go uh, for the nice guy. That's her goal for the year. So Right. And uh, it's a really... You know, the opening sequence is really amazing to me. I really love how this film opens because you get the character, you you understand her mom's really overbearing. You, inter- you know, Mark Darcy has this really great introduction. Um, mm-hmm. And then at the end of, you know, while she's saying, oh, I'm going to be alone, you know, she's in her flat, she's chugging wine, <laughs> she's, and, you know, and of course, Celine Dion's all by myself song comes on and she's mm. like totally in tune and she's kind of half crying, half screaming while she's chugging. And it's just this amazing like release. I don't know, as a single girl in the city, when I first saw this, I thought it was amazing. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, totally. And of course, she's like, you know, the next morning she steps on the scale and she's like, obviously, we will lose 20 pounds. And you know, starts to list off all the the qualities of men that she won't date. Mm. And then immediately yeah. after that scene, right, you can see an elevator open and in walks Hugh Grant. Yeah, her boss, Daniel, who's played by Hugh Grant. Um, yeah, it, it literally is her voicing over all of the bad qualities and then the doors open up onto his face. So, um, you know, he's going to basically act like Hugh Grant does in films, you know, be, <laughs> be, a, be a womanizer. And, you know, he's, he's very, very smooth, very seductive, but probably not the, not the best for Bridget here in the sense, especially he's her boss. So that's also maybe, maybe a little bit inappropriate. Maybe, maybe but... kind of a no, no, kind of a bad idea. Uh, nobody, uh, it's probably not, not, not a wise decision, but he is the typical Hugh Grant, right? So in, in mm-hmm. most of the romantic comedies that Hugh Grant's in, he's like this, super charming really cute guy who and this he's but he's a total rascal in this and you can just tell he oozes it it's amazing um I mean that in a good way Hugh Grant if you're ever listening um he's just so good at it because he's got this swagger and they show him walking through the office and Mm. she they work in publicity so he is some he's either an editor a publisher Um, but he's fairly high up and she is working on this book release and this launch party that is supposed to happen in the next couple of weeks. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she gets in trouble because she's talking to her best friend on the phone and her best friends, she's got, she's got a group of them. One of them is um, always in trouble with her boyfriend and always having this, you know, should I leave him? Should I not? And Mm -hmm. she's, having this conversation with him, with her on the phone when Daniel Cleaver sees, um, and she tries to work her way out of it. And it totally embarrasses her because she says that she's talking to somebody who died in like 1978 and he's giving a review of the book launch. <laughs> it's just really bad. Um, and so mm. she's having drinks with her friends to go over that. And that, that seems really great too, because 
you get to know her three best friends and kind of their personalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of her circle of friends there that she's that she's going out with. Um, you know, not not off to a good start on the uh, on the New Year's resolution. She's having this giant glass of wine as they all are on the table. But, you know, she tells them I can hold my booze now that I'm in my thirties. So it's, it's going to be okay. So. Uh, Well, and to be fair, they do drop her literally off. Like they open the door of the taxi and she just falls right on out and they keep going. Yeah. She just, she just falls right out, right out of that taxi for sure. But, you know, she's uh, knows she shouldn't be uh, making a play for Daniel, but you know, times are tough. She's 32. She's got a, Got to get on the move, so she gets back to uh, back to work the next day, wearing a very uh, not workplace appropriate uh, skirt, um, and she Hi. gets a, she gets a, a, a kind of a cheeky email from uh, from her boss about it. So. Yeah, she comes in, and she if you listen closely to the dialogue, she comes in late because she took the morning off because she was still hungover because the night before she was falling out of the cab so she's not really all there and then she sees a note and it's the the subject line is serious problem and so she thinks it's probably because she's going to be that she was late or that you know he need he's like why are you on the phone talking to dead people like (laughs) like so obviously he's upset but he just makes a joke about her skirt being off sick and you know she kind of writes back and says, you know, no, my skirt's not sick. And I'm appalled that you would sexually harass me in this manner. This part of the film doesn't really age as well. Um, Cause it's <laughs> right. all in good fun. But now in like the age of me too, you know, hashtag me too movement, it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth, but you know that they're both being flirty about it. Like, mm-hmm. so it's not as bad, but it's certainly not a good idea for anybody to do this in the workplace. Just so we're clear. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's kind of, <laughs> you yeah, think you're being a... Daniel Cleaver from, from this movie and it's, it's not that sexual harassment. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do that. But they have kind of this little, you know, this little email, you know, flirting back and forth. Um, and you just hear her kind of voice over, you know, she, this is a bad start to the year. So I'm going right. to, tomorrow I'll stop flirting with Daniel. Right. I be flirting. And instead she shows up in a see-through top where mm-hmm. you can see her bra. I mean, it's completely see-through. Yep. I mean, and she looks great. I mean, and he lets her know that he likes what he's seeing, but that is not, <laughs> not, yeah, not behaviorally correct people. Don't do it. Yeah, if the if the shorts if the short skirt was not workplace appropriate, then then this outfit definitely is not. Um, but it but it does work because uh, she gets in the elevator and Daniel gets in, follows her down, and they're talking about the uh, book release event. And he asks, you know, if she wants to wants to go with him or go out with him with him after. But you know, she turns him down, um, not really because she's not interested. I think she's just playing hard to get a little bit. Yeah. Um, and he, yeah. he tells her that she uh, that she looks good and he's excited to see her. But she goes back out to dinner with her with her friends and she's like, oh, I need a, I need a game plan for this event tomorrow. Right. Got to get, got to get Daniel on the hook. And they're giving her, you know, all the best advice telling her to, you know, look gorgeous to ignore Daniel. You want to, you know, you want to make him, you know, want you, you want to introduce people in interesting ways. Um, right. You know, Ooze intelligence. So she yeah. goes home and as she's vacuuming, she's trying to, you know, get uh, up to speed on the whole Chechnya issue and, mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, she's like waxing parts of her body that she's never waxed before. That was, that was funny. Yeah. Um, she's going through a whole ordeal and then she, and then she needs to make the uh, most crucial decision of all is what kind of underwear is she going to wear? That is a crucial decision. I mean, yeah. to be fair. It I'm depends a, on I, how, you, how you think the night's going to go, I guess. So. Right. And so she has to decide whether she wants these like really great spanksy granny panty kind of things 
um, mm-hmm. which still look amazing on her because she's not even that she's not even overweight. She just looks normal. Right. Um, right. And she has to decide between those and like these really tiny kind of cheetah style knickers. And um, of course she chooses the granny panties because that's what you do. And um, it's pretty funny. Um, so she's all gussied up and she's in this really beautiful kind of skin type black um, silk dress and she gets to the party. And one of the things that they wanted her to do was introduce um, introduce Mr. Fitzherbert, who she calls tits pervert because he keeps looking at her boobs. And mm-hmm. um, she wrestles with that. She's trying to, she's trying to speak and it does, she can't get the mic to work. So she just kind of says, Oi, and it's very loud and obnoxious. And um, it's very much, it reminds me of like a, my fair lady moment because she's trying to get everyone's attention. And the book is called Kafka's Motorbike. And there's a review, I guess, that says one of the greatest films of our time. And she really struggles with this because she's mm-hmm. at a launch with like hundreds of other really well-known authors. And right. so it's really bad because she says, you know, greatest book of our time, except for yours, of course, sir, whose are also very good. And maybe yours too, because yours aren't bad. Well, okay. One of the top 30 films or, or books of our time. It's mm. awful. Yeah, if you have uh, <laughs> if you have trouble watching things on uh, on film that are awkward, this scene is probably not for you. Yeah, just um, skip for just, it. Just skip through she it. Just, uh, <laughs> she just kind of starts digging, digging a hole and she can't get out of. But finally her boss comes up and he's like, I'll just switch this on. You know, turns on the microphone, you know, makes her, makes her look like uh, like she has no idea what she's doing. Um, at this party, so Mark uh, turns up at this party. Uh, Mark's going to keep turning up at you know pretty much every event that she that she goes to through this film. So, but they're going to have you know kind of their little you know back and forth, still kind of this uh, awkward standoff too. But as I said, Mark just keeps kind of kind of sprouting up, so she can't ever kind of kind of get him out of her out of her mind altogether. He, yeah, he keeps showing up. Yeah, and it's interesting because her slightly senior work colleague, her name's Perpetua, which is a very interesting name, and mm-hmm. she's trying to utilize the, Bridget Jones is trying to utilize the pointers that her friends have given her, like, if you're going to introduce people, use, you know, interesting facts, and so she, when Perpetua comes up and says, is anyone going to introduce me, because of course, Mark Darcy's really good looking, she says, oh, this is Perpetua, she works with me, and um, and this is Mark Darcy, who, you know, is a top barrister and it's like, oh, okay. And that means lawyer, if, in case anybody does not know that, cause I didn't the first time I saw it. Um, but then Mark Darcy's got a girl kind of hanging with him and her name is Natasha and mm-hmm. she's a friend of Perpetua's. And so Mark Darcy, when he inter- when he introduces Natasha to Bridget Jones, he says, oh, this is Bridget Jones. She used to run naked in my paddling pool which apparently mm-hmm. is how their parents all knew each other back in the yep. day. And so it, it's kind of a stinging, like there's a tit for tat going on, um, but she takes it in stride and she kind of gives him a zinger back and says, I, you know, I'm was sad to, uh, you're not wearing the amazing jumper that you were at Christmas time mm-hmm. that your mother made for you. Um, yep. But it's interesting because you can see that there's a little bit of a connection there. Like he doesn't, he's not outwardly rude to her or anything at this point. It's just kind mm-hmm. of a tit for tat. But Daniel Cleaver is also there because obviously he works there. Mm-hmm. And at the end of her awful speech where she tries to introduce everyone, 
she's off in the corner, like having a drink, smoking a cigarette. And mm-hmm. Daniel Cleaver comes by and he's like, I'm, I'm going to take you out of here. We, you, you don't really have a choice. You're looking really good. We, we need to leave. And so Mark sees that and you can tell there's, he's not pleased when he sees that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They kind of, they kind of walk by and you see Daniel and Mark kind of, you know, acknowledge one another, but yeah, he wants to, wants to get her out of there and, and, you know, Bridget doesn't know how they know each other. So she's asking Daniel about it. And Daniel tells her that, oh, you know, he was, or I was the best man at his wedding, but he ended up uh, cheating on my, with my fiance on me. So right. um, some bla- some bad blood there. So um, gets Bridget out of there and she says, you know, uh, do you want to go back to my place? We can just go for a drink. Uh, you know, no funny business, just sex. <laughs> <laughs> right. And she finds it really charming and she's like, no, I'm not, no, I'm not. And then, but then they kiss and then they end up back at his place. And um, it's really, you know, he, by the way, his apartment is ridiculous. He must make millions of pounds a year because I don't know anybody that that could afford a place like that in London, but um, they're kind of, they're on the couch and then they find themselves on the floor and it's, it's, it's pretty hot. And he's so funny you know he's like that's a very silly dress and you've got very little very silly boots and then he kind of puts his hand up her skirt um and mm-hmm. this is all consensual by the way um but he puts his hand up her skirt and he's like oh my god you have these enormous panties and she's totally embarrassed but he makes her feel really good about it he's like oh no i love it mummy you know <laughs> it's, i just mm-hmm. you know and then he comes you know kind of reaches up to kiss her and then he's like i gotta see him again this is too good to be true <laughs> and it, it's pretty funny actually that they can kind of laugh about it um because mm-hmm. you feel really scared that he's gonna be like oh this is this is grossing me out or I, you know something but he's, he's right he just takes it like a pro <laughs> he takes he takes it in stride and you know she's on cloud nine so you know you see her kind of walking through the city and it's it's updating her diary it's you know on like the billboard that she's walking by and you know the storefront windows and things it's kind of upgrade updating with the you know script from her diary um, and it's saying you know that she's replaced uh food with sex and she's <laughs> she smoked 22 cigarettes so far this year but they've all been after sex um and, oh, and that's fine they don't and then you know. and then you see them you know back in bed together bridget and daniel um and she's like what are we gonna you know tell people about the office and then you find out well it's only been two days so he's not too not too concerned about telling people at the office yet he's like well yeah. we're just you know we're just, you know, there isn't anything to, you know, tell him yet. And so she's like, oh, okay. You know, she tries to, tries to be cool about it, but, you know, feeling a little stung, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, they, uh, the phone rings and she's, you know, she, I guess it was post, post coitus. So she answers the phone and she's trying to make a joke about how she's just, you know, had really great sex and it's her dad, um, Mm. calling her, which is awkward. And, um, you know, it goes to show you, she says in her diary, you know, just when parts of your life seem to be going really well, something else kind of falls apart. Mm-hmm. And she ends up going to see her mom because they're having sort of a family crisis. And her mom is working at the mall as yeah, one doing of some kind of product display presentation <laughs> kind of a thing. It's, it's our, and it's a really weird product too. You, you put an <laughs> egg in it. Um, if you're if you're familiar with the uh, shake weight at all and all of the jokes that came along with that, this is this is very similar to uh, to that sort of gesture and out pops an egg when you're when you're done with it. But yeah, there's it's, like it's, an overspray. It's, it's awful. It's the worst. 
but she does really good with it. And she, do, she does good, and her boss uh, thinks that she's doing good too because uh, she's uh, she's going off with the boss. So <laughs> right, right, and um, he, I guess he's like a presenter for a home shopping network. So um, mm-hmm. something like QVC that they have over in England, and you know she's basically leaving her dad and. Bridget Jones is really sad to hear this. She, you can tell she's she's not angry with her mom or anything. She's just really trying to understand. And her right. mom, you know, is really interesting. She's like, you know, I didn't, having kids is actually really hard. And it was really hard having kids with you. If I, you know, if I thought about it, I may not have ever done it. If I, mm-hmm. if I could go back, I'm not sure I'd do it again. And you know, I'm at the autumn of my life and I haven't done any of the things that I wanted to do. And this guy, my boss guy, he thinks that I can go and help be on these home sh- shopping shows. And mm-hmm. um, so I'm going to go do that. And, you know, so Bridget Jones goes back to her actual parents' house and her mom's gone. And her poor dad is just kind of dear on the floor. He's not yeah, taking he's it well. Up- sitting on the floor, not doing good, uh, has the TV on, you know, and you could, you could see mom and, and her boss on the, on the TV. So I guess she's, she's made it to the big time now with, with her boss and her dad, you know, tells her that, you know, oh, mom's moved out. But Bridget's, you know, she's like, well, I have a boyfriend now. And he's like, you have a boyfriend, a real one. A real one. Like, and she's like, he's so perfect. And there's this party that they're supposed to go to. It's called a Tarts and Vickers party where you get dressed up as either a prostitute or a priest. Mm -hmm. Um, of some kind and so she gives him the same advice that her friends give her right like you have to go looking great and you have to flirt with other women and she will come around because she loves you really you guys love each other and um you know that's how i got my man and he's perfect and he's wonderful and uh and the scene then cuts to a few weeks from then which is the weekend that this party is supposed to happen and Mm -hmm. daniel cleaver has gotten a car and he's picking up Bridget Jones's for a a weekend away. Yeah, very a very fancy car. It's uh, like the silver convertible. Yeah. Um, very very James Bond esque. And they're they're driving through on the on the countryside. You know, Bridget has her has her hair up in this uh, little like uh, hair tie scarf kind of a kind of a thing. But yes. uh, in true Bridget fashion, you know, it, it blows off and she tries to grab it, but doesn't. Her hair ends up you know about ten feet tall when they mm-hmm. get done yeah. driving through the countryside in this. Total Einstein hair for sure. Um, she gets there, and uh, lo and behold, uh, Mark is also at this party because you know their parents and his parents are friends, so they keep ending up at all these same social engagements. Right. Um, right. And and he sees her, and they're out. You know, she's out flirting with Daniel on these little rowboats and things. Mark's there with uh, with his uh, colleague there, who he might be uh, romantically interested in, but he's giving uh, giving Bridget. Uh, giving her a look, you know, you can see that he's uh, probably a little jealous of Daniel, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, and to be fair, they're on this, they're supposed to be in this bed and breakfast thing. Right. And, you know, Natasha and him are on a rowboat discussing like the weakness of a case in a deposition that was done two mm. weeks ago or whatever. And, you know, Daniel Cleaver and Bridget Jones, they're like, laughing and say, you know, reading poetry to each other. And then Daniel Cleaver falls off the boat and tries to get back on. And it's kind of this clumsy romantic thing. And so, you know, you think that Mark Darcy is jealous and, but he's, he's not saying anything about it, right? He doesn't ever say, talk to her 
Um, mm-hmm. I think they have a small exchange, but she thinks that he's this total cad because he has, you know, he cheated on, you know, he stole away Mark Darcy's fiance or Mark cheated. Uh, yeah. With, uh, with Daniel's fiance. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's kind of interesting. And then they, they don't, they spend the night together um, again. And at the end, I guess they, I guess, you know, they, they do something really crazy because it's, it's illegal in some countries. And then Mm -hmm. Bridget Jones is talking to Daniel and she asks if he loves her and, you know, in, you know, pure casually sensitive fashion, he's like, I'm, he doesn't answer her. He's like, I'm, you know, we're going to do this again. And so she is really excited because she thinks that he's kind of saying yes, even though Mm. he didn't say yes at all. And so the next morning she's really excited because he's supposed to go, um, Daniel's supposed to go with her and meet her parents, um, and, and be there to support her because her parents are separated, but they're all going to this Tarts and Vickers party. Mm -hmm. And Daniel is immediately tells her as soon as she wakes up that, you know, he has to go back to London. He has to do some work in the office. He has to get some stuff done because he thinks that they're going to shut down, um, the publishing house. And Mm -hmm. it's not a good exchange because she immediately gets defensive and is like, look, if you don't really love me, or if you've, if, if this is too soon, you know, you could just change, you could just tell me. And he's like, what would you know about what's going on in the business? You know, no, the business is in trouble. You just fanning about what the press releases. And Mm -hmm. it's really then I think that she starts to realize that he, he isn't, I mean, he is exactly not the right person for her to be with because he's not valuing anything really that she says. And there's a lot of little moments um, throughout their exchanges over the course of the film where, you know, if someone said that to me, I would, Mm -hmm. you know, and you put all that together, it's obvious that they just don't, they, you know, she doesn't have credence to him. He doesn't give her any credit. And so he apologizes and he's like, look, let me get a car. I'll take you, I'll make sure you get a car to the party and Mm -hmm. I will see you in the afternoon or in the evening or something. And she kind of accepts it. And um, in the meantime, she goes and gets dressed in her uh, Tartan Vicar costume, which is Mm -hmm. pretty hot, actually. She's, 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 yeah, it's like the, it's like the uh, classic black uh, Playboy bunny kind of costume, right? So it has the ears and little, and little tail. Um, Her uncle uh, Jeffrey, is that his name? Is there? He, uh, he approves of Uncle Jeffrey. uh, he approves of the uh, costume, which is yeah. not, not creepy at all. So, um, but, she's, <laughs> but but she's there, um, dressed up, and uh, no one else is dressed up. So no, because Uncle Jeffrey, who I guess it, it was his job to tell everybody that they changed the theme of the party to just a regular garden party, he forgot mm. to tell her, and so um, she's standing around, and she looks totally inappropriate, and everyone else is like in garden attire. They're in long skirts. They're, you know, um, and her dad, her dad is also dressed up as a priest. So, you know, he feels really foolish. Um, She sees her mom there. Her mom is with her boss who has this very weird color problem. I mean, he's like an English version of Donald Trump orange. Like he really Mm. does not look. He's hitting, um, hitting the spray tan hard. He's yeah. And you know, he is not being very gracious, I don't think, to Bridget. So 
he'll yep. say, you know, he's saying kind of derogatory things about her dad. You know, they're kind of giggling like, oh, I don't know what you ever saw in him. And it's, it's, it's not cool. The mom is kind of putting up with it. But Bridget, she just goes to try and find her dad. And then she finds him and the poor guy is dressed like a priest. And he's really sad um, because she didn't pay any attention to him. He tried to go talk to people and it didn't work. And so he's mm -hmm. feeling really dejected. And so Bridget, you know, she doesn't know what to do. It, you've, as a child whose parents uh, get divorced, you, you, you feel very hopeless, right? And right. especially when one of them is so hurting and so upset and the other one doesn't seem to give a shit. Um, so she really wanted a friendly face. So she decides to take a car and go see Daniel. Um, mm -hmm. And so she shows up at his door and yeah, she, he's there. He gets back there. Um, you know, she's just gotten back from this uh, weekend away. So, you know, he, she comes in and he's like, oh, you know, why don't you, why don't you go home and get shower and get changed and I'll come over and, and see you in a little bit. And she says, okay, that sounds good. Uh, but as she's leaving, you kind of hear this noise and she's like, is someone here? Um, she goes and tries to look into the, into the bedroom and things and doesn't see any, anyone there, you know, so she feels a little bit foolish. So she's like, I didn't, when I said I loved you, I didn't really mean it. I was being ironic. Um, but yeah. then, and then he's like, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that, about that later. He's trying to kind of shuffle her off the door and she hears the noise again. Um, well, she figures sees out a pink sweater. And it's coming, uh, coming from the bathroom. So she goes mm -hmm. in, there's a lady there with a big sort of uh, portfolio just in front of her uh, naked self sitting on the side of a bathtub. So uh, I guess the gig is up for uh, Daniel there on that one. So, right. And uh, her name is Laura mm -hmm. and she's, she's really awful. Like, um, I mean, she does a good job. I'm not sure who plays her, um, but she does a great job because you instantly hate her. First of all, she is really thin and she's everything that Bridget is not. She's like got this sophisticated kind of coif. Her hair is like perfectly placed mm -hmm. and, you know, she's really got these long legs and long arms and she's draped over this portfolio and just it looks really steamy and sexy and then to add insult to injury as Bridget Jones is leaving she says oh I thought you thought I thought you said she was thin you know and so now Bridget Jones is just really devastated and she goes and takes a bath and she's like taking off her makeup and taking off her fake eyelashes and you know she's drinking a lot um she's watching really sad tv it's like you know, it's, it's either um, <laughs> fatal attraction is on yeah. one end and the yep. other end is like this really awful mating scene with lions. With the lions, yeah. Coitus is brief and perfunctory, you know? <laughs> it's just, she's just completely upset. But that's when she decides again, she says, I, you know, I was sure that I was going to be a spinster for life and I would, you know, die in my home and be months before they found me and I'd be half eaten by wild dogs. Instead, I choose vodka. And mm -hmm. so she decides, you know, screw Daniel Cleaver. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to get my life back on track. Yeah, so she uh, she drinks a, a bottle of uh, absolute vodka and, uh, you know, jams out to some Shaka Khan, as you do, to kind of get over the fact that, uh, that Laura's there. She, you know, had found out that, you know, they hadn't just hooked up because they'd been hooking up this whole time, so... Uh, right. But yeah, wants to get her life back in order. So you see her kind of this little montage. She's uh, working out. She gets a bunch of uh, self-help books. You just see her lining them up on the uh, on her uh, TV console there. And 
Yeah. And she's yeah. uh she's going through the uh the one ads decides, you know, she needs, you know, it's probably pretty toxic to to be there working with this guy. So wants to get a new job. So she's looking for a job in uh television. So and she goes to goes to her job the next day to tell Daniel that she's she's quitting. It's actually it's a pretty funny scene because you'll see kind of the men and the women of this office sort of uh, splitting, you know, down the middle to, to take sides. You're either on uh, Bridget's side or you're on Daniel's side, but, right. but she stands up for herself. It's uh, it's really great. So it is, it absolutely is. And, you know, he, uh, he, he tries to get her to stay and he tries to talk to her about it. He's like, look, you know, I, we're the same you and I, and we just want something really extraordinary. And I, I don't know, but I, I feel like I have this extraordinary thing with Laura and, we're getting engaged and she's like, great, I'm leaving. Like I'm done. Um, I, I don't want this job anymore. You can take it. And, you know, she, she gives him directions. So um, it's really exciting um, because she's got this new TV, this job it's in TV and mm-hmm. she's not really a journalist. And the way she gets the job is funny because she goes to all of these different interviews um, and they don't go well, but when she's brutally honest and they're like, why do you want to work at wake up Britain? And she says, I've shagged my boss and I've got to leave. And he says, that's fine. Start on Monday. You know? yep. <laughs> um, and so she, uh, she ends up, uh, it's November. Um, so the year, well, it's supposed to be bonfire night, which I thought was November, but, um, she goes to the fire department to do a story and she ends up in this really comical scene where she's trying to go down a fire pole and she's halfway mm. down the fire pole when they tell her she's got to climb back up, which is really hard to do unless you're like, you know, someone from P90X. And so yeah. she ends yeah, her, up kind of sitting and <laughs> falling down and like, almost sitting like halfway down. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. She's there to do her uh, report at this little small town fire department. You know, they're geared up for this uh, bonfire night, which, you know, kind of all over the, the country they're having these big huge uh bonfires um and he tells her that uh he wants wants her to put on a fire a fireman's hat and to slide down the fire pole and for the and then and then go straight into the interview so so she's trying her best you know this is her this is her uh first assignment out for the tv station so um but then it ends up uh not going that great because she ends up sliding down the fire pole directly onto the uh onto the cameraman so you just get directly a, uh, onto the cameraman you just get the shot of her uh backside that just keeps playing on loop <laughs> all over the all over the country so yeah. ends up on the uh, front page of the paper and yeah it's all sorts amazing. of things it's great so she's not feeling so great and add insult to injury later that night she's got a couple's dinner like a smug couple's dinner she's the only single person there and it's really funny um because they all kind of ask her you know, why, why she's still single and what's the key, what's the reason why like yeah. women in their thirties are so hard to find, you know, it's so hard to find men. And when you get that old and yeah, it's like, know. what's wrong, what's wrong with single ladies in their thirties, basically. Is, yeah. Uh, I mean, this one guy's like, they're really, you know, it's very strange. It's uh, the fine specimens, you know, these women in the thirties, but something must be wrong with them. And she's, you know, she's trying to be funny, but she's like, Hey, you know, maybe it's because underneath our clothes, we're all covered in scales that happens. And, um, yeah, and, and to make matters worse at this couple's party, one of the couples there is, no, is, no, no, Mark. The, is Mark, of course. <laughs> and Natasha. Yes, and Natasha's uh, a total, she's, she's not nice to Bridget. She's like, Oh, you didn't bring your no bunny outfit today, huh? And Bridget mm-hmm. just, She's way too polite to Natasha for my liking. I think she should have given it to her, but. Um. Yeah, but as she, as she's uh, leaving, you know, Mark 
kind of follows her down and is trying to uh to make amends you know a little bit with her you know he apologizes for for being rude and you know she's giving it back to him she's like you always try to make me feel like i'm an idiot um and like i said um kind of at their their first interaction i think it's just kind of a symptom of they're both kind of awkward people but they're both mm-hmm. awkwardly differently so i don't i don't think that he's necessarily trying to make her feel like an idiot so much as just that's kind of their their personality types clashing yeah yeah he does say he says you know i i was unforgivably rude and wearing a reindeer jumper that my mother had given me so Mm -hmm. i had no reason to uh to say those things about you but he does say that you know despite appearances that he really likes her and she turns around and says oh yeah you like me except for the drinking and the smoking and he says nope i like you just the way you are and it's this really lovely romantic comedy moment the music mm-hmm. kind of settles in and she's like oh, oh, oh you you yeah what <laughs> yeah. what guys yeah. uh that's a really great way uh to to get a girl to like you or at least to pay attention to you is tell her you like her just the way she is because we don't hear that is. a lot <laughs> we don't yeah, get that a lot and it's like the uh the switch you know for bridget has been immediately flipped on when Mark's, you know, see, see her back out at dinner with her friends and they're like, yes. so th- this is the guy you like, right? And she's like, yep. And she's like, and her friends are like, but that's the guy you hate, right? And she's like, yep, that's that's right. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, her friend who consistently calls her to tell me, to ask her opinion between her and her boyfriend, she's like, she couldn't believe it. She says, wait, wait, no, just the way you are. Like not with slightly larger breasts or slightly smaller face or like, <laughs> less wrinkles and she says no just 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 the way i am and the one woman who uh is a journalist who says fuck a lot was just like fuck me i don't know mm-hmm. i don't yep. tell you and so they're all kind of interested as friends you know they're they're like oh he seems you know really nice and he's she's like ah, i don't know i don't know what to do i don't know and so the next scene is really cool because she has kind of gotten over her issue with fire department kind of Mm -hmm. scene and the her new boss has come to her and said hey there's this really big court decision there's a freedom fighter who's been married uh to a british citizen and they've been Mm -hmm. trying to keep him from getting extradited and you know today's the decision can you please go and report on it and she says oh sure (laughs) so she goes and she's really excited and but she 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 kind of blows it because she gets there she's she's they're ready to have them exit the building and they can start interviewing and, mm-hmm. and she decides she needs a cigarette so she goes for a packet of ciggies and she comes back and they've gone and yeah, she's her, like oh god uh, yeah her cameraman comes in into the store and is like hey we missed it we missed it she's yeah. like what do you mean we missed it it's like oh it already happened and then um as she's walking out she runs into mark and you know she's you know lamenting to him she's like oh I'm here this first kind of big important assignment and I blew it you know I was in the store and I missed him coming out and he's like well they they didn't come out because you know there wasn't a trial because I'm their defendant and you know we we settled this thing so uh, Mark's gonna gonna do her a a real big favor and gets her an exclusive uh, interview this uh, husband and wife and uh, lo and behold, now Bridget Jones is the uh, UK uh, broadcasting genius. You know, now yes. she's on the uh, now she's on on all the news and on the cover of all the papers uh, for being really good, not for uh, sliding down the uh, the fire pole there yes. with her backside. So, yeah, it's really charming actually because um, she kind of finds her niche, right? Where mm. 
she's not she's not stumbling over her words she's you know um but she's she's still her quirky self and it and it goes really well and so the next time we see her it's her birthday mm-hmm. and she's having a dinner party so her three friends are coming around for dinner and i love this this whole scene because the music is really great um mm-hmm. as she's kind of going to the farmers markets and picking stuff up and trying to cook um but then she's trying to cook and bridget jones can't cook she's really bad at it so she's like trying to put together this really very foo-foo she-she foo-foo dinner like mm-hmm. there's caperberry gravy and there's this i don't know this orange thing and yeah. nothing is going right she <laughs> She can't no, she's, find uh, anything. She's trying to uh, tie up the uh, the little herb bundle and it says to tie it with string and she pulls out like a thing of uh, like wrapping paper um, ribbon and ties it with that, which uh, turns turns the soup blue. Um, she's just, she's taking hits of cognac out of the uh, bottle. It's supposed to be right going in the recipes, bottle. but, right. but you know, she's, she's drinking she's, it and she's, she's a mess. You know, every, the, uh, the food processors kind of exploded all over her <laughs> and, and just about then, you know, she, uh, a buzzer at the door. And it's uh, Mark, he's there to congratulate her because she's on the front page of the paper for, you know, doing such a good job uh, with her reporting. Right. Um, and, you know, he's like, I'm here to congratulate you. And then, you know, he sort of invites himself in to help help with dinner, you know, much to much to her, uh, her uh, happiness there. Yeah, her relief. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, well, what do we have? Okay, we've got blue soup. We've got an orange dessert. Um, <laughs> trying to trying to figure it out. And, you know, that he asks, do you have some dunge. eggs? So, so they, so they have the, uh, the blue soup, the orange dessert, and then, uh, luckily Mark's there, he can, uh, whip up some omelets at least for everyone. So there's something edible to eat. So, <laughs> right. And he pours her a glass of wine. It's really sweet. I mean, obviously it's a Chardonnay. Um, it's really sweet. He says, don't worry. They didn't come for the food. They, they, everybody came to see you happy birthday. Mm-hmm. And it's just yep. a really sweet moment. And she asks him, um, she says, was I really was I really a child? And I played in your paddling pool. Like, did I really get naked and run around? He says, yeah, I was eight and you were four. And she says, oh, that's, that's a big age difference. That's actually quite pervy. And then Mm -hmm. he kind of looks at her and he's like, well, I'd like to think so. And you can tell like, this is when it, it, you know, it's becoming, they both are kind of admitting that they like each other to each other. And it's, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's building. And then right after that, her friends show up and they are all loud and yelling and screaming and they kind of come up the stairs and then they see Mark Darcy there and they're like, oh, are you going to be joining us? And he's, she's like, yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. And so they sit down to this awful dinner, um, which I, I don't even think they should have eaten the blue soup because that that string no, that was that was toxic for sure but <laughs> um, but they're all they're all really good sports about it right so none of them were like oh this is terrible they're all like oh this is delicious so they're delicious having, you know, as they're trying they're having to just, spit it out just the best time so these are the these are the kind of friends you definitely need um but someone you don't need to turn up to your birthday dinner party is daniel because daniel Cleaver. He, just, he just walks through the door i don't even i don't even remember if he buzzed or he just uh, he just came in through the door um, yeah with a bottle of wine and, uh, yeah, because and, he thought she'd be alone and he even and, admits that he thought she'd be alone yeah and yeah it's a, yeah just another one of those kind of subtle subtle things mm-hmm. that you know he tells tells to her to to kind of put her down I think it's just his style but but Mark sees Daniel and you know, he doesn't even say anything he just gets up and he's like I'm leaving and he leaves yeah. um, but then you'll see him uh, he comes back in and he says uh, Daniel downstairs right now 
time to uh time to put an end to this uh yeah the shenanigans so yeah well it's it's interesting because daniel's turned up you know they just toasted bridget you know and they all the friends really like mark you know they even kind of make a dig they're like to bridget who cannot cook but who we love just as she is like mm-hmm. daniel shows up and he's like can i have a word and she you know bridget says okay okay so they go kind of into another room and he's like i can't stop thinking about you i um i've broken up with laura like i i really think we should give it another go like you're you're the one for me i mean i can't um and she's very confused and there's a whole lot of things that are wrong with this scenario but she mm-hmm. doesn't even get to really answer him because then mark darcy's like i'm out and then he comes back and is like nope we're going downstairs i'm 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 done and so you know that there's something missing with the story at least this when i was like something is wrong because mm-hmm. you know daniel even tries to say oh let's put this behind us and he's like no no screw that we're gonna i'm gonna fight you and this they go downstairs and there's actually <laughs> a pretty good fight scene <laughs> yeah it's really great so uh, yeah daniel's trying to uh be like you know let's let's not do this let's just let's forget it we'll, we'll drop it and uh mark uh punches daniel in the face and then he punches him in the face again um then it's this really great uh sort of fight scene they go in there's like a, a greek restaurant kind of across the street from bridget's apartment and the fight ends up uh going in through the door there and um in and around you know knocking over the tables and stuff and there's this really funny bit where uh, they come out of the kitchen with a birthday cake for someone's birthday in this Greek right. restaurant and they stop fighting and sing happy birthday to him because everyone in the restaurant's kind of standing, you know, watching the fight and, you know, everyone doesn't know what to do. So they have like this brief moment of pause where they sing happy birthday to this kid, but then the fight, you know, resumes and uh, they crash through the window and uh, right. finally, you know, Bridget's kind of had enough of this and, you know, tells him to stop and, you know, pulls uh, Mark off of Daniel and yeah. Um, yeah, it's an in, it's it's a great scene. It's worth noting that it was not choreographed. So they did say, "Hey, you're going to break this window and you're going to do this stuff." But mm-hmm. it's actually they they did it um, over the course of a few hours, and um, everything is very impromptu, which is really cool because it just shows how um, av- out of control it gets. Um, I mean, they they grab a bunch of stuff. They're going over yeah. the tables, and then the poor Mark is like, "I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I will pay. I'll, I'll pay for it because he's like ruining people's dinners and mm-hmm. stuff." It's yeah, great. it's it, it's really good. It definitely looks like uh, you know, like two like like brothers fighting. There's like wrestling around, right, get, right, trying to get one up. But yeah, so so Bridget, you know, finally breaks up the fight, and Daniel's like, "Yeah, let's go back upstairs," um, and she's like no and she turns him down and she and she just goes she tells mark he should be ashamed of himself for you know what he did you know cheating with with daniel's fiance yeah mark's kind of clueless because she's very angry at him mm-hmm. and he's like you know you you look like you're a nice guy you look normal and you you know you look like you're helpful in the kitchen even and but you're really just like the rest of them you know what what is this all about and he's like you know what i don't need this and so he leaves um mm-hmm. And then, you know, she goes to check on Daniel because he has been resoundingly uh, kicked to the curb, right? He, he's, he's covered in glass and he's got a split lip and she goes to see if he's okay. And he's like, let's go upstairs. And she says, what, what do you mean? And, he's, and he says, if I can't make it with you, I can't make it with anybody. Like we belong together. Mm-hmm. And she kind of has this moment where she says, you know, that that's not going to work for me. You know, I need something more extraordinary than that. 
you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, that's not, you're not really sure about me. You're just not sure about you basically. And so she gets up and she walks away and it's a really great moment because, you know, uh, it really exemplifies this whole, you know, when you have the opportunity to kind of quote unquote, change the bad boy to a good boy, it does mm-hmm. that really happen in relationships and things she really picked, she could see through it, right. That he, you know, he knew, he thought she wouldn't be a, a have any friends with her on her birthday. He thought he could just kind of waltz in and be like, you know, I'm sorry, I banged that chick. Let's, you know, <laughs> let's right. give it another go. And she'd be right up for it. Um, so it's kind of interesting um, because she just goes back up and her friends are uh, follow her upstairs. And, and that's kind of the end, uh, the end of Daniel Cleaver and Bridget. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it gets to, uh, to Christmas then she does a, you know, a little update to her diary, you know, kind of filling in how the year's going, uh, not going particularly well for, her, but she's there with their, you know, celebrating Christmas with her dad. You know, like she has a, has some wine. They have their uh, Christmas cracker uh, crowns on, on their heads. You know, they're just, they sure they're just there. Um, and, you know, Bridget kind of goes upstairs and that's when her uh, mom comes in and, and sits down with her, her dad. And uh, you kind of get for a, uh, for a brief minute there uh, when her mom's kind of apologizing to her dad, you think that her dad's going to, you know, kind of turn her, turn her away, but um, knows, of course, you know, he's happy to, happy to have her back. He's uh, says you know, something like, without you, I'm not anything. So, uh, you know, really pretty sweet. I think she got off the hook a little light there, but that's okay. Um, yeah, she did. I mean, you know, I, she starts off the whole conversation with, you know, up close, you know, he was almost purple, you know, (laughs) like, like Mm -hmm. his bad self tan was the reason she ended up coming back. But, um, you know, she, uh, she does say a couple of things, which I think is interesting. She, she says, you know, I want you to pay more attention to me, you know, I, I don't want to feel lonely, you know, lonely anymore. You, you and Bridget have this grown up club and I always feel kind of out of place. Mm. And I thought that was interesting because in a marriage of a really long time, you know, she had the, you know, she never did say these things. She never did say, I'm not happy. Um, right. So he couldn't, it, it sounds like anyway, she, he couldn't fix it. So then she acted out by going off with this guy instead of really talking to him. Um, but he he's wonderful. I, I love I love that actor. He's amazing um, because he does so well um, with the scene. Be, you know, he just says, "I just don't work without you." You know, of course you can come back. And so that's at Christmas. And then you know, it's another. Uh, it's a wedding anniversary. It's actually a Ruby wedding anniversary uh, at Daniel's parents' house, and oh, so okay. they yeah. are invited to go. Um, so it's probably the beginning of January. Um, when this is, when this is supposed to happen and Bridget is there with her parents for the holidays, but she does not want to go. She's like, no, he's still deranged and I'm not going to see Mark Darcy. And, um, it's at that point that, um, Bridget Jones's mom says, you know, the holidays are really tough for, for Daniel, um, or sorry for Mark Darcy, because his wife left him, uh, on Christmas day and she's Mm -hmm. like, oh, what? And so he, she further explains that, you know, Daniel was the best man at Mark Darcy's wedding and Mark was married and he came home to Daniel and his wife in flagrante delecto. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So once, uh, once Bridget finds out the, uh, the truth there that, you know, Daniel had lied to her, you know, this whole time about Mark, 
um, says to give her five minutes and then you see the the family in the car and uh, her dad's driving but he's not driving fast enough so he's, she says stop the car stop the car stop the car and she jumps yeah. out and you know kicks him out of the driver's seat and then you just see the car you know driving up over the uh up over the curb and things trying to get to the get to the party you know as fast as possible yeah um, and she gets yeah. there and she she finds mark and uh mark being mark he's wearing a, a nice little snowman tie you know can't mm-hmm. can't can't be without some uh good christmas fashion so right. um but bridget you know apologizes you know for uh you know what she'd said and how she'd acted and you know tells her tells him you know that she didn't know the truth about what had happened and things and that daniel lied to her so. right yeah and then she she does say you know you once told me that you liked me just the way i was and I want to let you know that the feeling is mutual. And um, if you ever, you know, if you ever want to pop by sometime, if you'd, if you'd like to maybe be more than friends. And he, uh, he doesn't really react. Um, you know, again, they're very different and awkward in different ways, as you said. So he, he just kind of says, well, crikey. Um, well, well, I got I to gotta go, I, you'll, if you'll excuse me. And mm-hmm. so um, they kind of all are gathering in this, big room where the the elderly couple that is there it's i think ruby is 45 uh, years so they both toast to each other and then they're very proud of their son mark and they talk about how he has got this brand new job and he's going to america and bridget is kind of overwhelmed and then they also mentioned yeah. that natasha's going with him and that you know they might be getting married there's a lot of allusions to um mm-hmm. to that and Bridget, once again, she just, she opens her mouth and she's like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. And stops yeah, she the just, whole thing. <laughs> stops the whole thing. Yeah. She just, uh, she just yells out no. And of course the whole party stops and looks at her and she's like, uh, it's, it's thinking quick on her feet. She's like, that's such a terrible pity for England to lose, <laughs> right? to lose, to lose a, a top attorney and <laughs> just, just a top, you know, a top man of England to, to just Top leave person. and go to America it's um yeah it's it's pretty funny and but you you feel bad you know Bridget finally kind of put all of these all of these pieces together but it looks like you know she came to this realization just a little too late so yeah yeah and then she you know people even Uncle Jeffrey is like is she pissed is she drunk what's going on because she's mm-hmm. not making a lot of sense and Mark sees exactly what's kind of happened. And so yep. she she excuses herself from the party. She takes the train, a very lonely, cold train ride home. And yep. so she's back at her house at her flat and she gets a, a buzz and um, you think it's going to be Mark because it's a romantic comedy and that's how you think that's going to go. But it's not Mark. It are her, it's her best friends, which I mm. thought was really great. It was a great touch. And they're all there to take her away for a cheeky weekend in Paris. Um, because you can get to Paris from England. And so you can get to Paris from anywhere, really. Well, you can, but you know, it was <laughs> like a last minute easier. thing. Yeah. I certainly, I couldn't do a weekend <laughs> in Paris from where I live. So that sounded really fun. And they come in and they're like, what's, you know, why, why are you so upset about Mark Darcy? I mean, there's a lot of hints, but did he ever stick his tongue down your throat? Like, did he ever really want any of that? And mm-hmm. he never said anything. And you know, let's go, let's go to Paris. So let's get you some pants. Let's get some, let's get a passport. Let's, let's get the show on the road. And so mm-hmm. they're filling up this tiny car. Um, Cause they're in a mini and there's three of them and there's tons of bags and um, she's about to lock up and she turns around 
Yeah, and uh, and Mark's there, and we'd we'd seen him kind of in New York, like on the on the last little montage, kind of right before her friends showed up. Um, but yeah, she's standing there, you know, looking for her keys to her apartment, and and here comes uh, Mark walking up. You know, it's a snowy, quiet uh, evening there on on her street. Um, she says, you know, what are you doing here? Um, you're supposed to be in New York. You moved to New York. Why are you here? And he says, I forgot to kiss you goodbye. Um, you know, so it's really nice. So then at that point, of course, she tells her friends to, you know, um, I'm out on this trip to Paris. You guys, <laughs> yeah. you guys go and have, have fun. You know, they're, uh, they're hooting and hollering out of the car and yeah. <laughs> Mark's looking at them like they're crazy. Cause that's not how he would behave, but they, uh, so they get upstairs and, uh, and Bridget's, uh, here's some magazines read these i need to go she's uh she's not doing uh granny panties uh, again this time she needs to go nope. and uh go and change so she leaves she leaves mark out there in kind of the uh, entryway to her apartment um and he's you know leafing through these magazines a little bit but her diary is there um and it's open and he pulls it out and he sees the uh not so flattering things that she'd been saying about mark um over the course of this past year yeah I mean, and they're really not flattering. I think one of the first things, it, it's in January when she meets him and she says, you know, no wonder his clever wife left him. He's horrible. He's, you know, just mm-hmm. a giant knobhead with no knob, I think is one of the yep. um, one of the things. And he just kind of looks at it and he says, right, okay. And then he walks out. He walks out, yeah. And he and she uh, she kind of gets changed and she hears the door close and she runs out, you know, just, just kind of in her underwear and uh, T-shirt. And she sees that the diary's open and he's gone and she sees where it says uh, something to the effect of that she hates him. And she's like, oh crap. So, you know, she, she grabs, a, grabs a sweater and just uh, runs out, throws some shoes on and is out the door trying to track him down in the snow, just running through the town there in her underwear like a, like a lunatic. But she does, uh, finally, she gets to kind of a dead end. She thinks she, that she's lost him, but he walks out of this uh, shop as people are starting to gather around and look at this uh, crazy lady standing there in her in her underwear, you know, yelling for Mark. So, yep. And uh, he's he, he's perfect. Colin Colin Firth has got the best. Like he's got a great face where he's completely she's ridiculous. But instead of being like, "What is going on?" He's like, "Hmm, hello." <laughs> and she's and she's like, "I'm." I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I, I know I meant it at the time, but I was so stupid. Like I didn't know. I didn't know. And you know, it's, it was just a diary and everybody knows that diaries are full of crap. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't mean it. Yeah. And um, so he's walking out of this, the store and he's holding a new diary. He'd gotten her a new one. He's like, that's, that's your old diary. He's like, this is your new one. Um, and then they, and then they have a, uh, a very lovely kiss. And uh, she says, uh, nice guys aren't supposed to kiss like that and he, and says, he says fuck yeah they are <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much um, um yeah. and as the the uh town's worth of uh people are standing there on the street watching watching them you know embrace and uh her in her underwear in the sweater and the freezing cold so. in the freezing cold because the snow is falling i mean i she thank god she had shoes on because her feet would have gotten frostbite i'm sure yeah um, but as they kiss, um, you know, someone exactly like you by Van Morrison starts to play and it's just this mm-hmm. really beautiful end. Um, and then yeah. you can see her writing in her diary, you know, the yeah, end. And... Yeah, the script, the end comes up and it kind of scratches it out like you would in a mm-hmm. diary and it's replaced yeah. with the beginning. 
Um, and then it goes into the credits and it's playing a home video. And I couldn't find who these kids were. I don't know if this is like the the uh, person that had written uh, Bridget Jones, if that's the actual home videos or what, but um, it's the home video of uh, Bridget and Mark, you know, kind of running around at this, at yeah. this party and uh, Bridget's doing all sorts of naughty things that you should not be letting four-year-olds do. Um, uh, not including uh, drinking wine from a bottle and smoking cigarettes and also right. hitting Mark over the head with a racquetball racket. So I could see why right. he might've been annoyed by her. Right. So. Right. And then of course there's the whole naked paddling pool part. Like he's, he's in swim trunks and she just kind of like has these, it's like a tearaway dress instead of tearaway pants. Mm -hmm. So like a, like a WWE, you know, she just rips off her dress and jumps in. And, um, but it is a really beautiful kind of scene. Cause at the end you can see, he kind of holds her hand, his hand out and she takes it. And, mm -hmm. um, and of course, Miss Jones uh, is playing, it's a very jazzy version and it's uh it's really lovely those i looked that up too because i thought that that was a real home video but those were actually actors oh okay yeah um which is good um <laughs> which, I, yeah, which was, is good yeah <laughs> which is good <laughs> they didn't really have a girl who was like running around smoking cigarettes or pretending to smoke cigarettes um a pack at a time so um but it, it's a really beautiful kind of ending um and then the credits roll and yeah, and that's that. And so you assume that uh, that Bridget, you know, made good on her uh, years worth of resolutions, um, and finally ended up with the uh, with the right guy. You know, st uh, still smoking and drinking, but she at least uh, at least found someone who you know wasn't all those bad traits. She'd been right. She'd right. been uh, quick to fall into. So yeah. Um, so this was, I think, this was probably only the second time I'd ever seen this. I saw it back. Um, kind of when it had first come out, so probably on the, like an early uh, DVD purchase, you know, back in the early 2000s, uh, mm -hmm. saw it then, but um, it's really good, and I think that um, this one kind of speaks on a lot of levels, like, so even if you're not someone that likes romantic comedies, like, the writing is good enough, and it's witty enough, and it doesn't kind of fall into those, you know, stereotypical romantic comedy tropes, like, it, it does enough to to keep it interesting and things. So um, this one was really good. I really enjoyed uh, revisiting it. So what about you? Do you, uh, what are your fond memories of Bridget Jones? So I definitely watched it when it first came out. Um, I probably saw it in the theater and then I definitely got uh, a copy when it, when it came out on uh, early DVD. And mm. I, I particularly love this film. The content itself is, is extraordinary. I think it, it much like, um, the movie we did last week when Harry met Sally, it asks a fundamental question about love. Um, you know, can a, can a woman kind of, uh, you know, a 30 something person who's maybe not perfect, can mm -hmm. she make, you know, ultimately discover self-love and self-acceptance as well as, right. yep. you know, kind of, there's always this idea between the good guys finished last and the bad boys are the way to go. And, you know, we are obsessed, uh, I think as women, we're really set up uh, systemically, uh, at least in America, I can speak for myself, you know, we're told kind of what, you know, the ultimate goal is, is to, you know, to be able to be so amazing and so wonderful that you change a boy, right? Like mm -hmm. that, it's right. really unhealthy <laughs> thought process, but, you know, um, and why is it so, I mean, that we, you can see they did two more of these types of films. And in the second mm. one, I can't speak for the third one, but in the second one, she's still 
fighting with this. Do I like the bad boy or do I stay with the good guy? Right. Like which one do I choose? And I really love this one because she does kind of figure out that the bad boy is a bad person. Like he's not in, in, you know, even he says you could change me. She's like, I don't think I need to do that. Like maybe I should just be with the nice guy. (laughs) Yeah. Cause, cause she's presented with the opportunity to, to be with Daniel. Right. Right, Pretty much. But I think, but she's smart enough to know and can see the writing on the wall that she could be with him and she might be able to, to think that she's changed him, but guys like that don't really change. That's how he is. So, I mean, she makes, she makes the decision on her own. Right. So Daniel doesn't, doesn't leave her or, you know, so she gets to, gets to make that decision and she gets to make the, uh, the mature and the better decision for herself, I think. So. Yeah. And at the same time, like, you know, you, this, this came out in 2001. So I was like 18, 19 years old at that point. So it was a great time for me to kind of see something where a person is accepted by someone else, just like they are, right? She didn't Mm -hmm. need to quit drinking. She didn't need to quit smoking. She didn't need to lose a bunch of weight. You know, she, you know, she could do all those things if she wanted to, but he really liked her just the way that, you know, she was. And it's one of the reasons why I love it so much is because, I mean, it it helps that he's happens to be gorgeous because he's Colin Firth, but he, you know, it's possible, right? Like you, you, you don't have to change to find that, that perfect romantic ending to your life. And I really, being true to yourself is really the key. And I really loved that part of it. It's very intelligent. Like you said, really wittily told story. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so I, I, it's one of my favorites of my kind of intelligent romantic comedy series, because again, it's not as simple as Boy Meets Girl. Um, right. And she doesn't, you know, change uh, a person necessarily at all. You know, yeah. the only changing that's done is herself, which is yep. pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. So um, anyone who's uh, listening, you know, let us know what your thoughts are on Bridget Jones, um, whether you uh, liked it or whether you've uh, never seen it before or um, what kind of your opinions are on it. And if you've seen, you know, the uh, next two Bridget Jones films, let us know about those too. Um, and if you make one of these cocktails, this uh, raspberry uh, cider Chardonnay thing, uh, definitely take a picture because we'd like to see everyone's uh, kind of pictures and interpretations on it. Because like uh, we mentioned earlier, ours did not turn out, you know, kind of as uh, ruby pink as the one um, from the website. So I think you can get a lot of different takes on it. So uh, definitely make one and let us know what you think about it because it's a good one. So, and if you did take a picture of uh, one, uh, please share it with us on our social media. So on Instagram and Twitter, we are at drink the movies and facebook.com slash drink the movies. And you can also visit us on our website, which is www.drinkthemovies.com. And on there, we'll have the recipe for uh, this week's cocktail, uh, movie recaps, news, and more drink the movies fun. Uh, Michaela, why don't you tell people where they can uh, listen and review our podcast? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere Anchor Podcasts are distributed. We'd appreciate it if you subscribe. And if you like what you hear, leave a five-star review because that really helps us get the Drink the Movie stuff out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, my raspberry cider Chardonnay cocktail, uh, which is still a mouthful of a name, is all gone for the week. But I, I think I would like to uh, like to have another one. And I choose this cocktail and Shaka Khan. How about you? All day. Yes, absolutely. All day, all day <laughs> every day. All right, well, we're going to go make those. And uh, we'll be back next time on Drink, Drink 
the, the movies. movies. I think we're getting worse. <laughs>